0: hello hello this is the aesthetic vibes podcast and i am your host amy this podcast is based around relevant and completely irrelevant topics sometimes the deep and meaningful and other times pretty meaningless topics there are way too many negative vibes in the universe so let's hang out together and spread aesthetic vibes come hang out with me Welcome to today's episode where I am going to discuss the topic of jealousy. Jealousy eh, can be something that's a good healthy behavior or thought process, but it can also be extremely unhealthy. Um, I did want to say that at the end of the last episode, I did say I would be doing a true crime dive. However, decided I wasn't really feeling it. Uh, more so, wanted to talk about a topic that's been on my mind for a little while. So, instead, we step away from the true crime, we dive into the topic of jealousy. Okay, let's do this. So, what is jealousy? Jealousy is a feeling of maybe being envious or resenting someone. It can be a feeling of unhappiness or anger that someone might be doing something or has obtained something and you might not have. We can be jealous of partners, friends, family, acquaintances, and strangers. Let's unpack the term jealousy a little more. So where does this feeling come from? It could be low self-esteem or a lack of confidence. Maybe it is a sense of unhappiness in who we are as people. It could be feelings of anxiousness. It can also come from a level of insecurity as well. Or it can come from the thinking or feeling that there is a limitation or a limited amount of something. So maybe someone you know has acquired something that you want and you feel that you should have gotten whatever that is. You deserved it. And you think to yourself, what about me? I didn't obtain it. They've taken something from me. Jealousy is a feeling that really is a representation of our own vulnerabilities rather than someone else's actions. And jealousy can be triggered by previous experiences in our lives. Jealousy can be a natural feeling. It can also be extremely strong and almost debilitating. It can be hard to predict and control. There are two fundamental types of jealousy. So we have healthy and the unhealthy. Healthy jealousy may help you with commitment to maybe a relationship, or a way that you are using your time, energy and effort. And this can be healthy because it really increases your motivation and commitment to whatever it is that you are doing or whatever relationship you have. Healthy jealousy can motivate us into action to help secure our survival. So our friends and family are usually part of that survival process. So a degree of jealousy reminds us not to take someone or something for granted. But where it turns unhealthy is when you are experiencing feelings of inadequacy, uh, a sense of maybe not being important or maybe being inferior. Jealousy becomes unhealthy when it becomes destructive and it's negatively impacting on our lives and relationships. Jealousy is usually triggered by something, um, often a sense of vulnerability. So what are some actions of jealousy? Let's imagine that you're jealous of your partner. What actions can be triggered by jealousy? So first, maybe you are always checking in on them, whether that be via phone or email without their knowledge. It could be constantly needing to know where they are and who they're conversing with. Maybe uh, arguments are being spurred on by a sense of envy or a feeling that they might find someone better or move on. Maybe it's a feeling that you're just not good enough and that might amount to an excessive amount of clinginess or something similar. Another is when jealousy leads to possessiveness over your partner. What about signs of jealousy in a relationship? Maybe it's the sense of needing to win arguments or make a point, even in small petty conversations and at times, small petty arguments. Maybe it's losing sight of your own goals because you're focused on someone else's goals. Maybe it's that there's no equalness in the relationship. Maybe it's not being happy for your successes. Maybe this person in your life is not happy when you succeed. And on the flip side of that, maybe they are happy when you fail or don't do so well at something. So for me, I've experienced jealousy in the form of friendships the most, often having friends who need to be the winner of all discussions or have the discussion completely focused on them 100% of the time. Sometimes it's being bombarded with their goals and aspirations continuously, and them taking no interest in you, your life, or the things that you're working towards. Instead, it's this focus on, yeah, but me, yeah, but me, yeah, but me, 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 which does my head in. Another one for me is instead of the congratulations or well done when you've achieved something, it's this fake or shallow, oh yeah, okay, cool, good work, and then the conversation immediately goes back to them or in some instances, not even saying congratulations and instead just talking about, oh yeah, I'm doing that as well. And, you know, I'll get there, you know, as well as quick or whatever it might be. I'm working on that as well. The other piece for me is when people think your achievements have come easy or they indicate that they have had to work harder for something. So it's never really appropriate to assume someone hasn't worked hard for something that they've achieved. If you're having those thoughts, do us all a favor, keep them to yourself. Don't be an asshole. Another is showing happiness when something hasn't 100% gone the way you wanted. And this is probably one of the most hurtful actions. It's the idea of kicking you while you're down. A truly valuable person in your life shouldn't see the opportunity to drop in the kick to the guts the moment that you're down. This is the point where they should be there asking, you okay? I knew that didn't go to plan. Um, what's next? What can we, how do we move forward from here? It's having that person there that says, okay, we're going to open up a bottle of wine and we're going to talk this out and I'm going to help you move forward. From personal experience, when I'm dealing with someone like this, I usually give them a few chances. I give them an opportunity to stop the behavior by calling out the things that are bothering me. If they continue with the same repeated behaviors, that's where there's an automatic line drawn in the sand for me. I then make a decision considering the importance of the person in my life and I reflect on my life without the person in my life and how I would feel. If you are doing this and you see your life as better, it's a bit of an indicator that uh, we need to vote that person off the island. Let's go back to if you are experiencing feelings of jealousy. So, maybe it's the idea that we fear that we're losing someone or we're losing a relationship that's important to us. It could be the fear that the relationship is becoming less important in that person's eyes. So, what do we do? The first step is to recognize the feeling of jealousy, accepting the emotion, realizing it's real, and realizing it can be a feeling that's difficult to control. We then need to look at our self-talk. We need to stop and think about what our internal voice is telling us. Is this a real and valid feeling or thought? Are we potentially blowing this thought up in our minds to be bigger than it needs to be? The things we often tell ourselves will often drive the emotions we experience and feel. We then need to turn the focus to ourselves. So rather than assume the relationship is at risk, Focus on the value within the relationship and stop that spiral before it starts. We then need to take a really good look at jealousy. Is it being driven by insecurities that we personally hold? Are we jealous that someone we care about is spending time with other people? But remember, it's healthy to have different and other people in your life. We really shouldn't be 100% dependent on one person for everything. Not only is that potentially dangerous, but it's also really draining for that person. Okay, so you've done this, um, there's still a problem. What do I do? Approach the problem head on. Speak about what's bothering you. Open up a real conversation with that person to determine what they're thinking and feeling. Make sure the conversation is targeted. Have a clear goal you want to achieve from the conversation, whether that's just speaking your mind and being heard, sharing your fears, Or working together on how you can minimize these feelings. You then need to start working on these triggers that are instigating these thoughts. What is it that's making you feel jealous? Where are these thoughts coming from? What is the driver? Then once we know the driver, what is the root cause of the driver? We then need to think about the person in question from a place of empathy, seeing them for who they are, including their struggles and other life challenges, because we are all raw, real people. We then need to work on how we can obtain trust and minimize these feelings. A part of this is also working on not responding to the triggers or dealing with them in a productive way. I think the final thing, the final note and takeaway for me is remaining calm. So sometimes we maybe misinterpret a situation and we think, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to talk about this with the person it ends up into a heated discussion. I say at that point, step away. Because this is where you might be likely to end up saying something that you truly don't mean or believe. So stop, take a breath and then determine the next step or your plan forward. It's about not being reactive. Disengaging is another great way to sort of stop these feelings. Disengage completely, walk away, take a breather, do something else, refocus your energy. Another reason we may be feeling jealous can stem from not appreciating our own value. This is the point where you need to stop and remind yourself why you are amazing. What are the things that you have accomplished in your life? What are things that you do well? We often have the comparison element associated with jealousy, often comparing ourselves to the person in question and wanting something they have pertained or maybe just wanting their full attention all the time. We've spoken a little bit about comparisons in friendships before. I want to just revisit the topic briefly and talk about it a little deeper. Comparing ourselves to someone can be fairly normal. And it could be really good for your self-motivation and looking for areas of improvements. But the key is learning to stop before those feelings become overwhelming or all-consuming. Sometimes we compare ourselves to others using their best features against our average ones. Think about that for a moment. I'll repeat. Sometimes we compare ourselves to others using their best features against our average ones. So comparisons can't lead to anything but unhappiness. The thing that we are all really good at is being ourselves. No one else can be you. This means we need to focus on ourselves to drive happiness because we are all truly unique. This comes back to being your authentic self. I've had personal experiences in the past where friends have mimicked or copied things I do or say, or maybe even at times what I wear. Um, And I have a quite unique way of dressing, so it's a little odd when you see someone kind of replicating exactly what you're (laughs) you're wearing. Um, It used to really bother me. And I would think, oh my God, why is this person copying what I'm doing? And the answer to this question is usually because they might not have a sense of self. Maybe they don't know who they are and they're trying to create a version of themselves based on the things they admire in you. Whilst it can be super annoying, it's definitely a sign that they like you and they want to be like you. So really, it says more about their ability to be themselves and to know who they are than anything about you. And I think the takeaway here is people can try to copy you, but they're not ever going to be you. When I sense this is happening in a friendship, I usually retreat on certain things. So it might be um, additional details that maybe I'm giving about something. Um, If I'm finding someone's copying like things that I'm doing or buying, I might kind of dial back there and keep a few things to myself. If I find it's lifestyle things, I'll also dial back there and really keep the private pieces to myself. It's the whole, I guess, copy and paste mentality that's probably the most annoying. Um, Sometimes it's appropriate just to kind of step back from the friendship a little bit um, and allow that person to really go on that journey of developing themselves and really stepping away and just leaving them to their own devices for a little bit. Comparison is never really something I engage in for a few reasons. You're never comparing like for like. There is no one like you then how are you actually comparing appropriately yourself to someone else or someone else to you? It's kind of like comparing a banana to an apple. They're totally different fruits, so it's difficult to compare what is better. Secondly, we are all on different journeys. We are working towards different plans, different paths, and different end states. None of our end goals are exactly the same. Third, we are all going to walk a slightly different journey with different learnings along the way. The key to really mastering control of that green-eyed monster is to understand the root cause. So it's about getting down into the detail, understanding why am I having these feelings and is this valid? Are these feelings 100% valid, true and real? once we understand the root cause, then we can go from there to address these feelings using some of those mechanisms I mentioned. Comparison never serves anyone. People in your life need to be in your corner rooting you on the same way you'd be doing to somebody else in your life. The only person we should be comparing ourselves against is ourselves and that journey of being the best you and improving that version of you each and every day. It could be things like sticking to that exercise program, Eating good food that makes you feel good. On the topic of food, I digress, but on the topic of food, when did food become good and bad? I used to see all food as bad, and I barely wouldn't, like I pretty much didn't eat anything. And I was always thinking, oh, you know, potatoes are bad, bread's bad, pasta's bad. When did we start this thought process of food being bad? Because truthfully, no food is bad. the the stuff that's maybe not as healthy, but moderation is the key for that stuff. So I think um, this is probably a separate topic. And I think I've mentioned this in the past. We really need to Stop the whole food is bad conversation. And I will open it up on a different episode to some of the other things you might be doing to better yourself include maybe you're studying or thinking about studying and um, you've got an assessment or a final that you're studying for. Um, It could be maybe you've set goals to get out and meet new people, Uh, whatever the action is, building on who you are and how you can be the best version of you. A big point here is around self-awareness. To ensure that we're being the best versions of ourselves, we need to be self-aware. The thing about self-awareness is being able to look internally and also understand our strengths and weaknesses. It's important to understand both. Often we are told to focus on our weaknesses and mitigate them at all costs. Um, But I prefer to focus on our strengths to understand what we're good at and then to further develop those, become even stronger in those areas, along with understanding weaknesses in its entirety and working through those that matter versus those that don't. You might have some weaknesses that perhaps don't add any value or detract any value. So why would we focus on those? So self-awareness is maximizing our strengths to become stronger and working out how to evolve or mitigate our weaknesses. It's about being able to look openly and honestly at ourselves we need to be able to do that to grow as people we need to be able to accept feedback as well we should always welcome feedback absolutely but the key there is determining what to do with that feedback sometimes when you receive feedback it is okay to say thank you for the feedback and in the back of your mind You have no plans to do anything with that feedback ever you simply push it to the side and that's totally fine I've done that many a times people have given me feedback on things that have truly meant nothing or maybe you know a slight way that uh, a tone was used in my voice or a a poor selection of a word and I've often thought to myself wow (laughs) people are really focusing on the wrong things. And if I've accidentally used the wrong word in a sentence and I'm receiving feedback in my workplace, I'm pretty much not gonna take that on board. I'm gonna nod my head and then I'm just gonna move on Um, because some things matter, some things do not matter. So it's about picking your battles as well. If you are giving feedback to people, I think it's it's about being balanced. It's, you know, focusing on the things that matter. There are small itty bitty things that truly just don't matter. Sometimes when people are bringing these things up, all that's going through your head is all these thoughts about inadequacies. So I think before we give feedback, let's be targeted. Let's make it balanced as well. Let's also tell people what they do. That's great. Celebrate success. So the journey of self-awareness is an ongoing journey, as is the journey with jealousy. The first step is really recognizing the emotion and then from there determining what we're going to do with it there is no quick answer to just saying uh, i want to hit the delete button on feeling jealous this is something that needs to be worked out progressively it's something that needs to be worked out on a regular basis it's a focus area that you need to have if you're experiencing it in parts of your life you need to turn the internal dialogue to yourself you need to focus more on you and stop worrying about other people let them worry about themselves. Because I tell you what, they probably aren't thinking twice about you. <laughs> and they probably are only worrying about themselves. So with that in mind, you really do need to try to do everything possible to kind of mitigate those feelings. Recognize, move on. Recognize, move on. Um, comes back to the whole mindset that I have about everything. Recognize it, deal with it, move on, become stronger and better. So this is my uh initial thoughts on jealousy as a topic it's something i think we all at some point had to work through like i said it can be something that's healthy and helps us with drive and motivation alternatively it can be something that's completely debilitating so it's really what we do with it um, and how we address those feelings So I hope this discussion has been a good starting point for you to help you recognise where you might be experiencing jealousy in your life and then some of the tips and tools that you can employ to start to overcome these non-value-add feelings and build a better version of you. As with every episode, we end with a lighter topic. So I am a doctor. Um, I have a professional doctorate where I specialize in personality profiling, organizational performance, knowledge-based environments, and productivity um, amongst a few other topics, but those are the core ones. I like to refer to it as almost business psychology, if you like. So I used personality profiling as part of my thesis and uh, Myers-Briggs is my preferred personality profiling for any haters of Myers-Briggs out there save it you're not going to change my mind <laughs> i think it's actually a really good tool i also think that it needs to be taken uh, with a grain of salt in some instances but you need to extract the value that you can these none of these tools are 100 percent perfect and i think that's where people get lost they think okay, I'm going to complete a test to tell me about myself. And you get a standardized person and you look at it and go, only 50% of that is relevant. Okay, (laughs) that's still pretty good. It's giving you 50% insight into yourself that maybe you didn't already know. And sometimes with these uh, profiling tools, it takes multiple times accessing the tools and using the tools to actually arrive at the right answer. Your mindset can fog how you respond to some of these questions. Okay I'm gonna get off that that high horse that I'm on but but just look if Myers-Briggs isn't your thing that's cool just just keep it yourself. (laughs) Uh, So look I've got a lot of experience using the tool and profiling people. I've profiled a very big uh, cohort of individuals. I can usually meet someone and within about an hour of chatting with them, I can work out which personality type they are in the Myers-Briggs world. So for a bit of fun, I decided to profile my dog and my cat (laughs) because I wanted to know what their personality types come out as because then I could maybe understand if they were humans, what would they be like? So started with Max the cat. So before we get into Max's profile, let me just describe Max a little bit. Max is an exotic short hair cat. He is a kind of multicolored cat. He's got quite long fur that we brush <laughs> with much difficulty. Um, he's got very white fur. He's an inside cat. He's got a very flat face like um, the Persian cats kind of do. He's like a version of one of the Persian cats, which I had uh, a cat that was Persian prior to him. Max is also six years old, six, going on seven, I think. Seven this year. So he's not young, but he's also not old. Um, He's very cranky though. He He's a very cranky little old man. And his profile came out as 100% introverted, which doesn't surprise me one bit. Speaking of introversion, I sit at about 95% introverted. So um, <laughs> I feel you, Max. <laughs> we are the same. Um, 99% observant, i.e. prefers to not really get involved that much, Um, likes to just kind of watch from a distance. 78% thinking. I don't know if I agree with that, because I think his thoughts are pretty simplistic. They are, leave me alone, feed me, and leave me alone. And then he had a 51% turbulent (laughs) outcome, which is very accurate. Um, He hates people. He hates being touched. He hates being moved. So if you need to move him from one location, say you're vacuuming or the dog's coming inside um, and you wanna just put him in an area of safety, you can try to pick him up. He is going to scream at the top of his lungs. So um, (laughs) he very much hates being touched. Um, He hates being woken up. He hates most food, apart from one brand of biscuits that he eats. Um, And he eats like 10 kilo bags of biscuits maybe every week, week and a half. He hates noise. Uh, He hates change of any description. If there is an ounce of change in his daily routine, he will be pissed. His daily routine consists of eating biscuits and then going upstairs, opening the cupboard and sleeping in it all day. Usually (laughs) after he's had his full... (laughs) 12 hours of day sleep, he will wander downstairs for dinner. (sighs) That's such a struggle. So we have bought every single food at every single pet shop, at every single supermarket. We've tried cat food, dog food, human food, you name it, we've tried it. There's nothing we haven't tried. A few different types of meals or food, like wet food, he will actually come out and have a bit of a go. The food that he likes is very, very expensive. So a little tiny tin, you know, might be three or four dollars, which doesn't sound like a lot. But let me put this into perspective for you. You will dish his food up. He will come to the plate, take one sniff and decide, do I feel like this? And am I eating this particular food tonight? One sniff. 85% of the time, he will decide I am not eating that and he walks away or goes straight over to the biscuits because that's what he prefers. So the amount of cat food wastage that we would have is astronomical. He touches it very minimally like 15% of the time if we're lucky Um, and I'm talking over a year so 15% of the year we might get it right. We tried variety, we tried different flavours, not in for it. We tried broth because he won't eat anything in gravy. Cat owners will be able to understand what I'm saying. (laughs) So Max is very introverted and uh, very turbulent. (laughs) Okay, so let's go to Buddy, the dog. Buddy is a 10-month-old puppy. He is... Um, a Britney Spaniel, and he is uh, a brown and white color. Buddy is extremely, extremely naughty. Um, He's a puppy, so I guess he has a bit of an excuse. Uh, Not all the time, because he can be a right roll dick. So I profiled Buddy, and he is 89% extroverted. I would go as far as saying closer to probably 99%. He's 78% observant, which I would not agree with. He observes nothing. 82% thinking. No, highly doubtful. There are not many thoughts going through his head. And 58% assertive. Uh, I'd go closer to maybe 99% assertive. Buddy (laughs) lives in the moment and uh, dives into action at any given point. So let me explain Buddy's actions. They consist of personally tearing apart any house item he can get his hands on or any toys left unattended. So a lot of the times we give him toys and we let him go to town on them, but sometimes we have to be really, really careful, particularly when things are plastic because he tears everything plastic apart, chews the plastic like it's chewing gum and swallows it. Doesn't matter. He'll, he will eat an entire plastic ball and you'll be watching TV or a movie and all you can hear is him chewing like super, super loudly. So you're taking it off him and trying to discourage it, but you, you physically can't. He consumes that much plastic, it's not funny. He has an attention span of about five seconds. So I, I was toning my hair the other night. So I was in the bathroom and I can't leave him unattended in the house, so I brought him up into the bathroom. He, so I was sitting on the shower floor, I was turning my hair, so I had to wait about 15 odd minutes Um, and I decided that I was not getting out so I showered for 15 odd minutes maybe longer. I don't even know if there was hot water for anyone else. I literally just sat in there on the floor. Anyway I was sitting in there on the floor and (laughs) Buddy wears uh, like a coat or a jacket or a cardigan most of the time because um, he doesn't have long fur. Like Max has really long fur and he's very fluffy and he's very warm. Buddy not so much. So Buddy had his jacket on and he decided to jump into the shower and try to sit on my lap because he started getting impatient. I'd given him like an elastic band to play with. Um, I tried giving him a toy, nothing was amusing him. He then started going to the, the bin in the bathroom and pulling rubbish out of the bin. He then moved on to my clothes and he started trying to run around the bathroom with my clothes. So anyway, I get the toning done. I'm cracking the shits by this point. I'm there going, fuck me. Getting the clothes off him, trying to calm him down. He's drenched because he's jumped in the shower. His jacket's wet, he's wet, his ears are wet, his face is wet. I'm trying to get dressed. He's licking my legs, so I'm having to rewash myself and then trying to avoid being licked by him. So then after this, I had to dry my hair. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna go into my beauty room. Drying my hair takes maybe 15 minutes. I dry it, straighten it, curl it, whatever I need to do. I was decide- I decided to straighten it that night because I'm like, this is the quickest. There is nothing for him to do in my beauty room. There is nothing on the floor. There are no toys. There are things on shelves that he's not allowed to touch, i.e. jewellery and glasses and things like that. There's shoes. Um, I've got like an underwear box and he breaks into that and takes my underwear, <laughs> mainly my socks, and sprints off with them. Anyway, I was in there drying my hair he wanted out and i had the door shut for a reason because he can't be left unattended he was screaming he's jumping at the door trying to get out he has no patience so i said no you know what i'm not letting him out he needs to stay about two minutes later he decides to throw himself on the floor and scream like a child would when they don't get what they want so my goal for him is to get him to be more patient it doesn't go well. That's how Buddy reacts when something doesn't go his way. He was playing with a toy today and it was like a a cat toy and there was a bell inside of this toy. He couldn't get the bell out because it was literally like super glued inside this toy, right? Couldn't get it out, threw a tantrum, screamed the house down, throws himself on the floor. super impatient. So when I was reading his profiling there was like an entire paragraph on the fact that one of the biggest weaknesses for his personality type is being defiant (laughs) and it said repetition, hardline rules, sitting quietly while being lectured is not how these people live their lives and this could not be more accurate. He does not like repetition. He does not like rules. And on the whole repetition thing, he won't eat the same food multiple nights in a row either. So I've got, like, he will not eat his food. I serve his food up, he'll have two mouthfuls come in and try to get his hands on whatever it is we're having for dinner. It is ridiculous. He does not like repetition. He does not like rules. He does not like not being able to jump on something or someone. He does not know how to sit quietly. He's a psycho. And he certainly does not respond to being lectured. (laughs) So I think both of the profiles turned out very correct. They are both pains in my asses, the dog more so than the cat. (laughs) Well, that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, Stepped a little bit down the pathway of jealousy, unpacked a little bit, some thoughts about uh, competition, some other bits and pieces in there hopefully you found to be a good listen. Join me next time when I tackle the topic of dealing with unwanted comments, otherwise referred to as unsolicited comments that generally don't sit well with us. In the meantime, let's hang out on social media. Hit me up at Aesthetic Vibes Pod or drop me an email at outlook.com or visit my website at aestheticvibespodcast.com. Until next time, uh, bye! <laughs>